0: You know, every, every single business that I've been a part of myself and exited or helped exit has been more of a lifestyle business, right? right. And again, those those exits have turned out to be very very lucrative for these people. As I tell all, all entrepreneurs, and again i practice what i preach is that you need me time you need yeah. time for yourself and whatever that may be me is sports and squash and baseball and, and what and my family and working out and going to the gym things like that
1: welcome back everybody to the founder's corner in today's
0: episode i have a very special guest for you his name is jay
1: alberts and he is a founder of pure guidance and the reason why i'm excited to have him on the show today is because he himself is not only an angel not only a founder, but he also consults and helps other founders, especially when it comes to uh, strategy, mental health, and all those things. So let's welcome Jade. Jade, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, I'm glad to be here, Sep. How are you today?
1: Good. So Jade, I got to say, first of all, I'm a big fan of your uh, your posts on LinkedIn because you also have your own podcast and show, um, Tell It Like It Is. Uh, which is focused around founders and 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 you know them being just genuine and honest, which I'm a big advocate for. So why don't you give us a little background on you and why you started that podcast? Why you started Pure Guidance? Like why why how did you get to this path?
0: Yeah, it's not your typical uh, typical path, so to say. I mean, I was lucky enough to you know become uh, after I dropped out of university. Became a sales rep, and and I was I found my calling, and uh, I was lucky enough to meet some people. Become an entrepreneur. We bought the rights to Nathan's Famous hot dogs in Canada. We grew it, um, exited it, and then I was like, now what? What's gonna What's gonna happen in you know in the rest of my life? Like yeah. I took a little time off, enjoyed it, and got better at squash and things like that. But. <laughs> I, I, I then had some people reach out and say, hey, you've kind of done this in, on, on three aspects of our, of our old business. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed working with the entrepreneurs. I really enjoyed working in different, uh, different sectors of the industry, whether mm-hmm. it didn't have to be tech. It could have been brick and mortar or whatever. And, 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 and I loved it. Uh, but the one thing I did notice was a lot of people were wasting money on things they shouldn't be wasting it on. Pies, whether it be yeah. marketing, whether it be other consulting, whether it be uh, you know, a- anything out there that you know every penny matters in, as as a startup and and when you're growing, so I, I kind of that's where the the purpose before profit mentality came behind peer guidance, and I wanted to make sure that if you didn't have capital, that never stopped you from getting the advice you need, the connections you needed, the introductions you needed, or or right. whatever the next steps were. So that was very very. Um, Close to my heart, and very, as I call it, the world's worst business plan—very unconsultative, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and and I mean, I, we ruffled some feathers, but I think it was very well receptive, and we've been nominated for a lot of awards in the province, and and i think we've done a very good job uh, I, I don't want to say weeding out a lot of the the crap out there but you know m- making people accountable if you're going to pay if you're going to be a consultant well you don't need to have a 12 or 18 month contract you should be able to do that work in 3 to 6 months because that money that they're paying you should be invested back in their company because th- they they need that money
1: 100% and the one thing i always tell every startup is you are limited by two ma- major factors actually three resources the main one which is um which i just generalized with all three but it's money time and people it's it's the three things you need to blow up but it's the three things you don't have access to as a startup so it's one of those like catch-22s right so you know being a consultant i agree with you 100 i think i think a lot of people out there are calling themselves a consultant but really all they do is they go in there Uh, i've seen some reports where i'm like honestly, like a university kid could have wrote this, like it's not very in depth, it's not very helpful. What what is it that makes it so challenging for startups to find good people to help them in your mind?
0: Yeah, I, you know,
1: and kind of to extend to that, what what actually helps startups? Like, what is it what that they need from a start? Like, I, I agree with you. Connections is like everyone will say networking. Of course, that's that's just like everybody. But What do you think most startups need? Because you deal with founders all the time. You talk to founders all the time. You were a founder yourself. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think people need right off the bat?
0: I I think they need to slow down. I mean, everybody always tells you to run or do this or spend money and grow and grow and grow. You know, sometimes going slow is 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 more important than running. And 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 the reason why I say that is because you're going to be doing some you know, some of the groundwork that's going to build, you know, build the cornerstone of your business and, and whatever it is, tech, um, you know, clean tech, ag tech, health science, it, it doesn't matter. But understanding what your clients want, understanding what you want, not thinking that I need 50 clients right away, you know, get two or three clients and really focus on what works for them, what they want, what they need. So that that is important to 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 listen to what your clients are asking for because what you might think is 100% the opposite of of what they might need out there so making sure that you're out there you're going slow you're listening to your you know finding pilots or whatever it is but really understanding what the need of your client is or the clients, you know, you might have your ICP and it might be totally different of what your customer profile will be. So yeah. really understand what your clients need and what type of uh, product or business that you want to build.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a stigma right now, right? Is, is the fact that if you don't grow fast enough, you're almost dead in the water. And I always have to tell like the, the founders we work with all the time, were are just like, slow it down calm like relax like you don't uh you know a lot of uh and i think this is just misinformation but i always say it i say it takes you 10 years to be an overnight success right like it's it doesn't happen overnight um necessarily right and and most startups you only start hearing them hearing about them after they've been around for five six seven years right like like they kind of almost think those things come up like this. Right. So how do you change that mentality shift? Like, how do you how do you make them think, okay, look, it's not an overnight play. It is a long game. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. How do you help them through that process? How do you help them to think, look, you got to you got to you got to you got to think, how does this business impact your life? Not only your life, but how does it impact the future?
0: I, I just think that's through education and communication. I mean, we've been out there, and uh, you know, myself, uh, you know, Peter LaFontaine, Mo mm-hmm. Aladdin, and Kyle yep. Kanofsky. I mean, between the four of us, you know, we've exited nine companies. We've been in the trenches. We understand, you know, the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur and growing and exiting businesses. So mm-hmm. it, it's you know, th- there's so many variables that come in in that in that lifespan of of a business, but. As we're out there, as we're talking to people, as we, you know, I mean, I've talked to thousands of, of entrepreneurs over my, over my time here, and even on telling it like it is, where yep. you know, we've interviewed almost three hundred, you know, three hundred guests, and we're we're about to reach five million views. It is something that the recurring, you know, having them share their stories, having them share their successes, their failures, you know, failure is not bad. You know, you no. try something, you move on. You ask for advice on something, it fails, you you move on. So that that I think people really start to understand that that you don't need to, to come out of the gate guns a blazing because no one very very rarely are you going to get, you know, funding whether it be non-dilutive, angel investing, things along those lines. So really what you know really to understand as you want to grow your business, slow and steady is 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 really really good and then when you figure that out then it'll be time to run, then it'll be time to ask for investment, then it'll be time to really focus on that growth and bring in people and have your whole plan, you know, around that. But you you better know what you're doing. Otherwise, you, you could be wasting a lot of money and you might not be around.
1: Do you think that the reason founders do that is because of the pressure that is on them to achieve that kind of level of success out of such an early infancy.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, maybe it is pressure, but I, I think it's also the, the lack of education. Entrepreneurship yeah. isn't, isn't, you know, it isn't Facebook. It isn't Amazon. It isn't like for you to become one of those companies and think, as you said, you know, Amazon's a 30 year overnight success. So it, it's, it's not, you know, we have to start telling people younger, whether it be in junior high, high school, early days, what entrepreneurship is really like. Not yeah. not glorifying the exits. If yeah. you know the exits that come are are very, very rare. But let's yeah. talk about what it what is entrepreneurship. If you make yourself into a lifestyle business that supports your family, it's a two to $5 million business, that's generational changing money for some people to, to do whatever you want to do with your life, your kids, if you wanna have a lake lake property or or travel or whatever it may be, but that's a success. Right? Yeah. That is something that you should strive for and you shouldn't be frowned upon um, if, if, if it doesn't turn into a unicorn because very few do. So that education and that understanding of what a really good business is, I think people need to need to learn.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, one of the biggest things is, is right now, it's a novel idea to, to almost have a profitable business, especially when it comes to software, um, in the software industry, it's almost like you have to burn cash. But I think after the whole, um, you know, last six months, eight months, um, investors have really pulled back on that concept. It's just not working anymore. Right, uh, it, it's almost like the Ponzi scheme kind of like is, is crumbling <laughs> underneath it all. Right. And so it's now they're shifting their attention on how are you planning to become profitable? How are you planning to become more investable? Are you are you going to survive if I give you this money or is this money is just to survive for the next 18 months? And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you on the uh, unicorns. I mean, they, they, there's only so many unicorns you can possibly have in the world, but you're right. Like why not just have a really solid business model that you're generating X amount of revenue that is you're right. Generational wealth for years to come. How do you educate people like that? How do you, how do you, because the, the, here's the problem. Isn't entrepreneurship so crazy that you want to go for that big, big win. Isn't that why you take the big leap of faith?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess internally you have to you have to answer that question right yourself. Right? If if that's a goal of yours, then great. I mean, maybe it's your BHAG goal, and you have other goals. But you know, we have, you know, we've sat down with many entrepreneurs that said, you know what, I'm just I just want something for me. I want to yeah. be my own boss. I want to I, I want to work for me. I want to spend more time with my family, with my kids. I I, I want to do this right. So. So their their concept of entrepreneurship and where they want to go is is already kind of a win if they're able to find a business. I mean, obviously they have to make it successful and grow, which isn't easy. But I mean, most I think most people have to do some internal, you know, internal thinking and internal reflection on on what they want from a business and what they want from their entrepreneurship journey.
1: So let's say they they come to you you're an angel, you're thinking about investing into the
0: company and the founder says, look, I,
1: I don't plan to make it that big. I just, here's where I'm trying to get it to. Is that a turnoff for you as a, as an angel investor as, or as even like a, in your experience as a VC, maybe?
0: Well, I've, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you know, when you, you know, every, every single business that I've been a part of myself and yeah. exited or helped exit, has been more of a lifestyle business. Right. Right. And again, those, those exits have turned out to be very, very lucrative for these people. Mm -hmm. And, 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 I think when you come to, as a, as a, when my angel hat is on and I'm thinking along that, you know, I'm not looking to invest in a lifestyle business, right? Right. There are these other ones that are out there, um, that, that are doing it. Right. So I, I think most VCs, it's a, it's you know, I can't speak for you, right? It's a,
1: it, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to invest in a company that's, you know, going to do that. I mean, if I said if we ever set up a fund, and me and some guys have talked about it, saying, "Hey, I like these these lifestyle businesses, and I do love them," I said, "Well, you know what? Maybe there is a way that we can do it that we set up a fund and we look for." You know, uh, you know, uh, a yearly derivative paid back to us, or a year something along those lines, Standard where we know the investment is going to be like that, right? So there's different lines of thinking for different yeah. different types of people, but most funds are there to probably, you know, at least 20x their investment or 20x, the, you know, the money that people have turned in. You know, 20X. as a, as an angel, funds themselves are, you know, maybe hoping to, you know seven to 12 percent type return on on their investment if you put it in there so there is a lot of pressure for companies that are investable that they don't turn into lifestyle companies right
1: right yeah and i think i think you're right the model of the entire vc world or angel world is the fact that i mean it itself is broken right like you're putting in 10 investments you're hoping one hits and that one hit is the one that pays back all the losses of the nine (laughs) right. Yeah. So that that's the fundamental of it. And, and I guess, yeah, you're based on your model. Like that is the fundamental, that's why VCs and angels are, are in that mindset of, I need you to grow it because otherwise I cannot invest in you because then my LPs come after me cause I didn't give them a return. And, and so it becomes a snowball effect. How do yeah. you, how do you think that impacts, um, like for example, uh, the non-educational piece, right? Like the fact that we have not had those conversations with the founders. Founders do not have that idea of the fact that it will take years to develop what you're trying to build. It's not an overnight success. How do you think that impacts their mental health? Because you, again, the reason I'm talking to you about this is because you are, you have such direct access to them that most people don't, right? Especially when it comes to peer guidance is, you get to see them hands on, like, you know, firsthand, sorry. And, and that's a unique approach. So I'm just curious, what, what have you seen on that end and how that pressure translates to mental health?
0: Yeah. I mean, mental, mental health and entrepreneurship is, is, you know, all mental health is obviously very important, right? But right. when you throw the the entrepreneurship, it, it just adds another another level of of stress. Uh, you know, whether that be financial, family, mm-hmm. you know, journey that you think that you have to take alone. You're scared to tell anybody because you're going to be they're going to view you as a failure. Um, you know, all those things kind of come into play because you know most of the time, oh, it's going great, it's going great, type thing, right? Well, yeah, there's a lot, a lot, of, the
1: lot time, of stigma around being like. Yeah. I, I, I just want to pause there because I want to mention this. I hate when I, I see founders at networking events, especially at angel networking events. And they're just like, all they're doing is bolstering what they've achieved in greatness and not at no point do they say, you know, I'm, j- I'm just exhausted. Like, can you help yeah. me? Like, there's no such thing. Like, if you ask for help, you're almost like a weak founder and, and I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but I mean, the reality of it is, is that people do see it that way. Like, oh, are you blowing up? If you're not, I'm not talking to you. Like, I need you to be blowing up. But I don't know if, I, I, I noticed that a lot more in the States than it does, I do in Canada, but in, in the States, it's definitely like the mentality is very different there.
0: Oh absolutely I mean and I don't do any really you know I stopped working with companies in the states probably 6 7 years ago and speaking in the states and things like that right Why? to focus I just you know what I live here I play here I eat here I love here right like uh, our kids are here and and it was really a focus internally for me to say you know what there's a lot of people in Alberta Saskatchewan Manitoba you know as yeah. as we've grown um that, that need help. I don't need to work with a company in New York or San Fran again. Like we've got people right here at home that I can actually just go for coffee with, right? Yeah. Like it, it is it it is something. And and that kind of leans into you know your question of yeah, we see it all the time, but they'll actually open up because I truly believe that they don't really know me, right? Or they don't yep. know Mo, Pete, or Kyle, where they're able to be vulnerable because you know, some of our taglines is asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And we nope. talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And when they do open up to us, it it is like, we're part of their family. We are, we are, we are there for them. And again, we've been through that journey ourselves, cried, punched walls, wondering how we're going to make a payment, wondering how we're going to pay a yeah. bill. Oh we, my have God, yeah. we have to fire an employee. Like do we not fire, but let go. Like, you know, it's, we, we know and we understand where a lot of people out there, you know, giving help have never been in that situation before. Yep. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't learn entrepreneurship from a book. And, and I nope. get in trouble for saying that all nope. the freaking time.
1: I'm with you on yeah. that one, Jade. You so, cannot learn entrepreneurship on a book. There's no way. It, it's a no. completely different ball game when it's in person. Like you're bang on with the gun. It, it is very gut wrenching. Like, right. There is. There were days with even corridor where your month, you have no idea what's gonna happen next month, and you have maybe enough cash flow for the month, and you're like, you you literally panic. Wake up in the mornings, like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I remember I when we first started corridor, like five years ago, I, I would wake up crying straight up, like I would wake up crying. Like there's so much pressure on you, to deliver. And most of the money you pick up from an angel in terms of angel, at least the first stage of investment, it's friends and family. Yeah. So you feel incredibly tied to that money and you feel incredible. It's even more pressure, uh, to deliver. Um, like, I just remember those mornings. It was just, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. It was, it was, it was probably one of the worst pains I've ever felt. to be honest (laughs) and monetary Uh, loss is usually connected to that right like it's like you're about to lose people money like that that is more loss than like oh no i broke something at your house like you know what i mean but yeah but how do you how do you come out of that like you you almost have to show that grit and mental but like how like you know what i mean i i I just how (laughs) that's the question the
0: how The how is just asking for help right it's a journey it's a journey you don't have to take alone and and the one thing that i love about alberta is is that our ecosystem is so collaborative it's so it's so here to help and that and that comes from government down you know from granting to 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 whatever you want to get to vcs to angels you you know what Angels, angels, and, and funds, whether it be someone like Matiquity, whether it be Claude or, or, or sorry, Jacques and um, and Brian. If you say, "Hey, listen, I have a few questions for you about my business," even though they're not invested in them, they'll sit down with you and help you, right? And it's it, it, they like that vulnerability. You asking for help. But, I mean, that means a lot to to people that you know invest in money because every investor has a thesis. Like mine is founder number one, MRR, and then things roll down, right? right. I have to believe in that founder. I have to believe that they, they are coachable, they're learnable, they're vulnerable. They're able to be, to, to be themselves and, and ask for that help. And, 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 and I think COVID was, a I, I hate saying this, but I, it, it was a, a really eye-opener and it, and it benefited entrepreneurs and mental wellness immensely. Because yeah. it kind of made it okay to ask for help and it, you weren't lurking in the shadows and, and things along those lines. And that's kind of when I came out with my story and, and even peer guidance. Like, I, I, as soon as things were getting shut down, I probably got five or 600 emails saying, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? And I didn't know any answers to this. And a lot of it was, well, hold on. There's probably gonna be government support. I don't know what it's gonna be, but let's let, you know, do what you can to, to stay alive, stay in business, things along those lines and, and go from there. And even as peer guidance, we waived all the fees for all of our clients during COVID to say, hey, you need your money more than we do. You You, you go there and- It does and, become it, a we,
1: village. Yeah, it is a village that raises-
0: and even, you know, even during COVID, like when, you know, we internally as a family, my wife had a mental breakdown and ended up in the psych ward wow. for, for six weeks. And, and I had to deal with my family and I had to deal with our wow. girls and I had to deal with my wife. And, and I've got multiple entrepreneurs asking for help. Like I was struggling, right? It, and, it was and that, hard for me to do.
1: And that puts a lot of mental pressure on you, right? Like there is, I don't think people realize that there, you know, you even venting with me puts that load on me naturally because I'm just an empathetic person, right? Like, you know, if you, if you go talk to someone who's empathetic, they will carry your load, right? Yeah. And they they may just be good listeners. And Simon Scenic says this, and I I love this part, is he'll say like, Burnout is not necessarily a workload, but it's it could be the fact that, you know, people at the company, especially during COVID this happened because you couldn't go out with your friends, you couldn't unleash on them. So at work you would unleash on the most empathetic person, the one that listened. Right. And so they felt burnt out. How did you manage through that burnout? Because that is a lot of pressure on, on you. And not necessarily like in terms of physical pressure, but like mental pressure.
0: Yeah, as I tell all, all entrepreneurs, and again, I practice what I preach, is that you need me time. You need yeah. time for yourself, and whatever that may be—me is sports and squash and baseball and and what—and my family and working out and going to the gym, things like that. Mm-hmm. For you, it might be meditation, it might be Reiki, it might be using a calm app, it might be going for a walk, it might be rollerblading, skateboarding, whatever. Whatever it is, you have to schedule that time in for you, and 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 that's something you know, that, that I did, I also, you know, had somebody to rely on, on, on the psychology side with Christina, she helped me immensely when I didn't know what to do. Right. I didn't know how to react. I was worried about our children, right. Things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And of course I had really good friends that I reached out to and, you know, like they knew what was going on. So I would just be like, I'm overwhelmed. I need, I need to talk to bunny or somebody, right? Like here, here we go. So it, it, you know, again, I understood it. I did it. I, I, I was, you know, obviously to get through it. And, and you know, and, and I'm not going to put the burden of my what's going on with me on, on entrepreneurs that are probably going through just as, you know, just as much struggles and worrying about their family, losing their house, losing their things. But, you know, I'm trying to help them because I that's something that you know, peer guidance and myself have become to know in in our ecosystem is they're always there for somebody. They're always there for going for a coffee. They're always willing to listen. So I did not want to take that away from people and go into hibernation, so to say, and not be there when somebody really needed it.
1: So was that the purpose behind, I think it's every Tuesday you do the morning Tuesday coffee sessions. Is that on Tuesdays? Am I right? Well, was,
0: yeah, it's uh, Founders, Coffee's Founders Tuesdays, Coffee is every Tuesday seven thirty yeah. at uh, Red's Diner in Kensington, and I that started you know probably a couple of years before. COVID, oh, is
1: that in Calgary? I, had... or I thought I thought it was in Edmonton that you did it.
0: Oh, we launched in Edmonton and uh, here this year, and now we've uh, moved it over to Wednesdays to Edmonton Unlimited, and they do uh, it's called Community Coffee ah, from nine okay. to eleven.
1: Cool. Yeah. So was that uh, the so? You know for anyone in calgary there you go reds on tuesdays that's uh that's uh with with uh, jade um what uh what was the purpose behind that was that the intention educate get the people together start letting founders talk with founders because i do think most founders do not talk to each other because they're just scared of each other for some reason um and and to be honest every founder i've talked to we've gone through the exact same things it's like it's almost like mimicked. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm struggling with this employee. Oh, me too. How did you deal with that? You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Why do that, founders I, I was lucky enough to have access to kind of, you know, EO and YPO like uh, as a, as a younger younger either entrepreneur or even sales. I was I, I was my mentor now gave me access to 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 YPO and and brought me to events and things like that and I was like, "Man, for just what you said, you know, having those forms and when you sit around a table with eight other founders that are, ex, you know, some extremely successful with YPO and up uh, and comers with EO, it was amazing that how little they talked business, right? They talked yeah. about different yeah. things that affected their lives. Um, and, and, you know, and, and examples you use is right. Like, I'm, I have to let this employee go. What should I do? Or I need I need, I need some more HR help. Who do I talk to? Right. The, the people that you were able to talk to to reach out to there was was priceless. So that that was kind of what I wanted. Founders Coffee to be were these people that have that form-like network. Because if you are an entrepreneur, a startup, or a small business, you need somebody to talk to. You need yeah. somebody to sit there and go, "Hey, you know what? You might be in, a, you know, in a brick-and-mortar business, and I'm in a tech business. But freak, we we're, we have the same problems. Why don't we go for coffee and let let's talk about them and and the connections there and the conversations there. Like no sales reps are allowed. No, you have to be a founder. Like it. It has been, I think, very powerful for our ecosystem. You know, we we have probably summer's usually a little slower. People go on holidays, which is which is excellent. Usually, we're probably in that fifteen to twenty a week that come in, having you know two to four new new people show up every week. And 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 I mean, it runs without me. It doesn't need me anymore, which is perfect. And and I I really love what it does um, for our founders.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a big one because uh, like not having the sales guys there, because I I think a lot of times, especially with meetups, um, you know, especially with like Eventbrite, right? Like salespeople are all over that. Like we, we do a workshop for founders. We specifically are trying to help founders to understand SaaS world. What is it to build a product? How to take the steps, proper steps to making a product in SaaS. And we'll have people showing up as salespeople. And we're just like, what are you doing here? Like these guys are f- like, they're, they're fresh, right? Yeah. Like, like it's so frustrating. And I agree with you. And it's like, you immediately know when you're being sold to, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Versus someone who's just genuinely trying to help. How do you, how do you lock that down? How do you, how do you avoid that?
0: I mean, I, I changed. And this word.
1: is, this is more of a curiosity to me yeah. because I, we do, we deal with it.
0: I changed the wording. So, so the first, uh, uh, I don't do meetups. I don't do any of that because yeah. I, I, I believe you attract the wrong, the wrong, the wow. wrong type of person 100%. that we want there. Uh, but I changed the wording on LinkedIn. So the first two sentences basically says, this is for founders, startups, entrepreneurs mm. like that. It's, it's pretty simple. And you know, every now and then, and even consultants that come in there, like this is not something for peer guidance to vet their clients. Like I don't, I feel uncomfortable if I even wear a peer guidance shirt to to Founders Coffee. Like I try mine, not to.
1: Mine is just tattooed on my chest at all times. <laughs> <so> I just
0: <laughs> And even when consultants come in there and you know they like talk to me and I'll send them a note after and I said, you know, this is a place for you as a founder to, to come feel to to understand, to ask questions to be, you know, if you're coming here looking for business, you're in the wrong freaking place. Like right. th- this is not what this is for, and then usually you see a couple of them come in there, and then I don't see them anymore.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, because I mean
0: they thought like, that this would be a very good place to kind of maybe get some leads, and and I make that quite. I mean, and if you do, and you want to take somebody, and you find something you think you can help them, and you go meet for coffee, and you get business out of it. That's a fine, different story. Yeah, that's not what this is for, right? Like people have asked to come in and give speeches, and 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 say, hey, come on, we'll do this. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Like yeah. this is a safe place for founders
1: yeah one of the uh I kind of want to take it back a little bit to your comment about like how to manage me time and mental health I know I know we kind of went another way I do want to like hit home on that what what does mean like I know you said like playing sports meditation I mean like for me it's 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 number one I've realized sleep has a huge impact on me so I never I never do early mornings because And again, stigma, right? Like you have to wake up at 5 a.m. You have to put in 15 hours days. But like I became the worst person of myself (laughs) trying to do that. So what what are some tips and tricks that you can teach on someone who maybe doesn't know what their um, me time looks like or what it feels like? What are some tips and tricks you may have for them to kind of find that uh, personal aspect?
0: Yeah, well, it, again, it's very it's very hard to kind of give out tips or, or pointers on something like that because, you know, it's so know all the time I've never it's had so anybody say sleep to me, right? Well, if it means taking a nap <laughs> in the middle of the day, hey, Bob's your uncle, have at her. If you need that nap, take it, right? That
1: makes me sad. I, so I'm the only one that says sleep. Oh, good. I'm, I'm now the lazy founder. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome, but I can now use that as an example, which is which is excellent.
1: (laughs) I am very grumpy person if I don't get my eight hours of sleep. So (laughs) I know lots of
0: those people. I I have three of them in the house here. But you know, like the
1: reason I say sleep is because, like you know, like in terms of science, I'm absorbing while I'm sleeping. So realistically, my brain is still working. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, for sure, right? and I think, and again, that's why I say it's 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 so personal to everybody what me time means, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I know, my, like Kathy, like my wife, you know. Now that she she used to eat at her desk and right. and things like that, and and now she's like, no, I'm not eating at my desk anymore. I am getting out of the office. I'm gonna go for a walk downtown. I'm gonna take my lunch. I'm gonna eat at the Devonian Gardens. I'm gonna walk to Plus Fifteen. I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm getting out for an hour. That's my me time during the day where. You know you get an hour for lunch or whatever it yeah. may be if you're an employee right so I, I think that whatever the only tip that i would have is whatever it is has to do nothing with your job
1: <laughs> yeah that's very <fair. laughs> like, yeah. like,
0: like get out i don't care if it's uh i watch days of our lives and i have for almost 40 years i will stop in the middle of the day and and, and, and watch days like it only takes me 15 20 minutes is I'm that the soap phone.
1: opera like the the the, 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 the so, like the day show
0: the days of our you bet. I right?
1: love that. I've never seen now. You've touched to t- share something I don't, I've never heard anyone say either. That's exactly, amazing. Right? Isn't that I a show running there. on like 20 years or something like that? It's insane.
0: 55. But who's Oh counting? my god. <laughs> I got days t shirts, days hats.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. You
0: know, that's right? hilarious. Like, but again, I would have never thought sleep. You would have never thought something like that. No, right? yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Right, and and even little things like when I'm going into a call, I try to get to a call, you know, 15 minutes before, and kind of clear my head, mm-hmm. you know, listen to music. I stopped listening to a lot of podcasts because it just got my mind racing. I listen to nothing but music in between calls now because I wanna, I wanna, I wanna loosen up. I wanna do that. I get there and I, you know, debrief my call. I, I'm not going from call to call to call to call to call. There's like yeah. half an hour at least between um you know call so again that, that works for me right i don't Where, i don't whether, take
1: morning calls
0: yeah well there we go right? i'm so, the most
1: productive at that time so i don't want to waste it being in meetings yeah
0: exactly so and that's what i said whatever whatever your 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 whatever you love as an individual and as you know find that time to to take that half an hour an hour during the day to to make sure that you're looking after yourself
1: What's the ultimate goal with the me time? I mean, I, I know the definition for me, but I'm just curious from your perspective. What is the ultimate goal with me time?
0: Well, the ultimate goal with me time is to make yourself healthy, because if you're not healthy, your family might not be healthy. Your business surely won't be healthy. So that,
1: I definitely agree with that. You being unhealthy is business is unhealthy. Because you'll be Absolutely. grumpy, you'll be uh, upset, you'll get f- frustrated quickly. There's, yep. there's a lot of things that the business needs from you and grumpiness is not one of them or you being unhealthy around it is not one of them for sure. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So I think that that is really the goal of me time is to make sure you are healthy because that that affects everything else around you.
1: So if if someone wants to, like, educate themselves on being a founder, right? Like, I, you know, we were talking about earlier about how it's based around education on what you people need to understand about what what it is to be an entrepreneur and a founder what is the best place to learn about that so let's say i'm an early stage founder like i'm starting to think about jumping off this cliff with uh, with all the plain parts right what where can i learn more about what it is what it is to be a founder and and everything we talked about at, at, the, at the beginning where can where can someone find these resources because i i don't know i i don't know the answer to that i have i've not found it i mean that's what we teach with founders corner that's the whole point of this uh, podcast and my workshop but like if you don't know about that w- is there a general place what is what is there
0: yeah we have we have some really good um you know whether it be platform Calgary here. Um, or Edmonton unlimited uh, you know up in Edmonton where they have some really good entry level you know the, the Alberta catalyzer program and I know when i when I want to learn about something I go buy a business for dummies book a crypto for a blockchain mm-hmm. for dummies uh, and whatever it is right and I and and, and, and I hope no one takes this the wrong way but I like that this is like startup entrepreneurship for dummies right like right, right here and I mean, you get to learn a little bit about sales and marketing, they introduce you to the network, they, inter- yeah. they tell you how to network, they make introductions for you, uh, you know, work on a little bit of accounting. So when you're coming out there and you're in an idea stage, or really, really early, you're coming out of these organizations with, you know, you, you feel a little more educated, you feel that little more confidence that, okay, you know what, I've, Not only have I met, you know, a whole whack of entrepreneurship and met their alumni and I've got to meet the Jades and the Seps when they host events and saying, we're going to introduce you a whole bunch of people to you. That's a really good place to start and a very safe place to start, um, you know, you know, in Alberta.
1: I feel so I appreciate about you, Jade, is one thing. Sorry. One thing I appreciate about you, Jade, is the fact that you are very inclusive and you do try to help startups. I don't you're probably one of the rarer Canadians that I know that does that a lot of Canadians don't do that and I don't know why Um, they're very secretive about who they know and and it's almost like I don't know if I'm going to give you this yet like I kind of have to feel you out a little bit more and to be honest everybody in the community knows Jade and everyone appreciates Jade so like I'll give you that right now everyone I'm like yeah you should meet Jade and they're like oh I already know Jade Jade is amazing I love Jade I'm like oh okay well I, I guess Jade just knows everybody but <laughs> but okay, uh, <laughs> you're very you're even well known in Vancouver and I don't even know how that's possible because we were talking to someone know. and you know I'm like oh is this what you're trying to build in Calgary Jade is your guy Jade wants to build a uh, an inclusive ecosystem like that in Calgary and they're like oh yeah we know Jade I'm like how <laughs> but you know, that's the power of, in my opinion, being uh all inclusive and and helping other people and and kind of opening your books to the network and connections and helping people. Why does that why is that rare in Calgary? Because when we go to um, let's say Portland, uh, Atlanta, um, New York, they're so much quicker to be like, oh, you need to meet this guy, oh, you need to talk to this guy. Why is that, do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. It saddens me to hear that. You know, you hear people that won't open up their 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 Rolodex to people, yeah. which is what should be happening, right? And and I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, there's a little caveat to that too. If someone yeah, comes in there and they're, they're they're at an idea stage and they say, "I want to meet some VCs and, and yeah, people," yeah, no. yeah, no, that's not there yet. Like I'm yeah. not making those introductions yet. Yeah. I will eventually, but let's focus yeah, on. A not, bit.
1: You can yeah. easily just say. No, nah. you're not ready for that. Like that makes sense, but like yeah. I'm talking like for example, you know, you've been great Kyle Kanaski, you mentioned him. Also great guy. He's 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 helped us immensely um from day 1. But that's that's what I'm trying to say. That's rare and like, you know, I had I had lunch with him and, and another gentleman, uh, Brian Chow Um, where we were talking about why is it so difficult to create that kind of ecosystem in Canada or specifically in Calgary, Alberta? Um, like why people don't want to, I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I I really don't. But the the only theory I've come with is that there's just less deal flow that happens in Canada. So people there's less Canadians, there's less people that they know. So realistically, because of that, there's, less opportunity for them to share with other people, their Rolodex is kind of that, that's the theory I've come with. Cause in in the States, um, you know, you go there, you talk to someone and they go, well, I know a thousand people. So here, go talk to this person. They'll probably connect you with someone else. And the end result of it is, if I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine, but I don't feel that happens in Canada as much. I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, I'm curious.
0: I I don't play in other markets, right? Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm
1: kind of giving you my experience in the states versus. And and
0: that's interesting. And I mean, that that I guess it is what it is. I mean, I know in Canada here, like, uh, and I'll speak to you know, even Toronto and Vancouver is in Montreal are much different than our ecosystem here in Alberta. For
1: sure. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: No, I call it the prairie way. Right. We just invest differently here because we're also new as investors. Right. Like we're True. not there's a, there's an investment community. And in now and the startups are way ahead of the investors in in out here. But you know what, if I if I want to part with our hard earned money and I want to make an investment into a company, I want to make sure that I, I believe in the founder, I believe in yep. their company, I believe in their vision. And that might take me for two to six months to make that decision. For sure. And I don't think anybody should chagrin anybody for saying that I'm going to take 6 months to hand you a check. No, Whatever size chance, it yeah. is, I don't care.
1: Yep, I agree so with that. It's your money. I, you're I, allowed to you're allowed to do your due diligence the way you want to do
0: it. Absolutely I agree. I agree. And I and I think that that is just the way it's going to be. Will it change here one day? I, I don't know. I, and I probably think my my answer to that would be probably not. Right? Like I know I'm not you know, if I ever get to a place that I have endless amounts of millions of dollars to hand out to people, I'm probably still going to be the same guy yeah. that's going to, yes. you know, to do the right due diligence and want to make sure that, you know, you fit my investor theses. And, and I know Matiquity thinks that way. I know a lot of the investors at TNT thinks that way. Kyle thinks that way. I mean, yep. you you know, you've been through the investment realm with Kyle yep. and, and, and everything else that goes with it in, in the tech industry. So, I think it's a good thing. I think we help each other a lot. Yeah. We, we're invested in many deals with many different funds. And we share our deal flow with 190, like at Startup TNT, it's shared with 190 funds across North America. So, you know, again, I, I call that the Prairie Way. We're here to help. And, and I think everybody, you know, maybe not everybody, but most of the people in our ecosystem do do that
1: and i agree with you i think your the ecosystem you've built around you jade is is impressive and it's amazing um and that's what i mean is like being around you you can feel that is happening i'm just saying as soon as you step outside that world it's been interesting
0: <laughs> well, we'll, well we'll find those people and bring them into my world
1: there you go i like that i, I don't think you need an introduction you just have to... <laughs> jade i i very much appreciate you being on the podcast i i love having conversations with you um and again like just just hearing you out and just hearing what you have to say about founders is is super appreciative because i know you talk to how many episodes you said 300
0: Close to three hundred now. Three
1: hundred episodes. So you've talked in just the podcast, you've had three hundred conversations with the founders. So we're on episode like thirty-five, I think. So (laughs) we're well off (laughs) that target. But we'll get there, I hope.
0: (laughs) No absolutely I I just want to give a shout out to you because I mean I know when Kyle introduced us and and now you know, now we've done some work together and and again, my, you know, the, my purpose before profit mentality is, is, is aligns with you. And that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, impresses me about you and your team and what you've done and, and you. helping Cindy that. at CarePal and, you know, with upkeep that you're going to be doing and, and even, even helping Sean from, you know, inclusion by design, you know, out of a really tough bind there. So, you know, what you're doing, you know, fits into that entire mentality. And, and thank you for doing that and keep on being awesome because I love that that you have that philosophy, that same mindset that uh, a lot of people in our ecosystem do. So thank you so much for that.
1: Thank you, Jade. I really do appreciate that. I, I, I'm, I'm like you, my why is the founders. I, I, I put founders before profit. That's my number one key. How do I help you get to that next level? Cause I've been there, I've been in their shoes and it's hard. And I yeah. think you, the reason you empathize with them and the reason I empathize with them is because we both been there, you a lot more than I have. And I can only imagine how much hardened you've been <laughs> compared to me. But um, no, I appreciate you, uh, Jade. And I think that's why our relationship is just, this is why I love having you on the podcast. Because it's it's for me, it was an education aspect. I wanted to learn from you. So thank you for being you as well.
0: Oh, it goes both way. I appreciate it, my friend. And I look awesome. forward to our next conversation.
1: Absolutely. Would love to have you back for sure. Awesome. Founders Corner, thank you guys for listening and being uh, in this chat with me and Jade. If you think someone would benefit from this, please do share. Um, the more we uh, we share this, the more uh, people we can potentially help. Otherwise, like and subscribe. Until next time, Corridor out.